This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 334, recorded on November 16th, 2017. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that play in your home, news, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios. Now, very cold, like record low temperatures here in the Midwest. Very cold, Bellevue, Nebraska. And we actually left. Uh, sorry about the show last week. We actually had a family emergency. We had a, my, my father-in-law passed away. And so we headed out to Kentucky for the week, and I canceled the show. So I appreciate you guys. We did it on short notice. And so if you... Missed it for a week. Sorry about that, but family comes first. That's what we do here. But, man, a very chilly on our way to Kentucky last week. A very, very chilly start on Friday morning. And I think across the country there were some record lows. So hopefully that's not a sign of things to come. Amber, uh, you're in the D.C. area. Have you had uh, – you've had beautiful weather there, I'm assuming, in, in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., right? Well, you know, we actually had a really beautiful fall. Um, we did get hit with a cold wave about a week or so ago, but really can't complain because most of September and October were just gorgeous. Yeah, it was, it was pretty beautiful. So we won't complain. I'm, I'm hoping this isn't a, a foreshadowing of things to come for the winter. We've had really beautiful winters for the last couple of years, but I just know the snow is coming at some point and uh, it's going to be bad when it gets here. Of course, we post the show with world-class show notes each week out at the average guy TV. Don't forget. You can uh, get our mobile apps sponsored by last pass. Amber is here from last pass tonight. Of course, they sponsor our mobile apps again for the year. And if you head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com, easy way to get both Android and iPhone. Those apps have been updated as well from Spreaker and we make those available to you. I know eight or nine of you watch it or listen to it live off the apps every week. So Appreciate uh, what you're doing uh, with that, homegadgetgeeks.com. And we thank LastPass, of course, for their sponsorship of those apps. A great way to do it. Really, the best way to listen on the road is on our mobile app. So if you can't make the show live, but you want to make it live, grab the app, listen to it as you go. Uh, the feedback I've gotten on those apps when you're listening live uh, is just fantastic. So so homegadgetgeeks.com. Of course, best way to support us, if you want to do that, pay, is our, through our Patreon account, one and $5 plans. Although, you can choose the $1 plan and do any amount that you want. So they have a Patreon has made a way to do that, both pre and post shows now available for you. When I have them available, they're available for you through the Patreon links. Head out to homegadgetgeeks.com slash support, and that uh, will get you there as well. Or just click on the Patreon link there, right there on the Home Gadget Geeks or on the uh, the AverageGuy.tv page. And then don't forget, the T-shirt is in full swing. Uh, Amber, I'm going to have to send you a T-shirt. You sent me a T-shirt. I'm going to have to send you a Home Gadget Geeks T-shirt. <laughs> They're available right off the page, uh, at, right at the averageguy.tv slash shirt, if you want to do it that way. Or just go to the page. You'll see a link on the right-hand corner right above the Patreon piece. And if you want to get those, we want to thank Addy Salcedo for helping me get those going. We sold a whole bunch of them in the first week we put them out. And uh, and then, of course, I went away, and I don't know what we've done. Addy will, will check in with me and let me know. But uh, if you want to get a shirt, they're available for you. We've got a whole bunch of different colors and a whole bunch of different options and a whole bunch of different sizes. They'll fit almost everybody. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash shirt. All right. I already talked to her once. Amber is a friend of the show, and she's been on a bunch of times. Uh, Amber, welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Good to have you here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, good. It's taken us a while to get you on here. Uh, we, I think we scheduled once, had to move you. We scheduled again. You weren't feeling well, and that's perfectly fine. I actually did a solo show that night. 
And I don't get to do, ah. those, do those very often. And, uh, and then we finally got you rescheduled. And uh, so thanks for coming on tonight. We want to catch up a little bit with you. What's going on with LastPass? Of course, we've been talking about LastPass as a product here on the program for a lot of years. I think I have a third or fourth year maybe we're, we're you know, doing that. You guys have gone through some changes. Some things have happened uh, both with uh, what's going on with the company as well as some of the pricing. Um, that's been out there. So let's start a little bit. Um, let's start a little bit with some of the new plans, because I think for a lot of people, that's kind of the when we talk about price point, that's where a lot of people uh, come in. You've introduced some new tiers uh, in what you're doing with your plans. Um, let's let's get right to the brass tacks and talk about the new changes. You have a new premium and a new family plan, as well as teams and enterprise. Um, and those prices went from a dollar a month to two dollars. Uh, and so I, I, tell me how that's going and, and give us some ideas of what, what kind of feedback you're getting on your new plans. Sure. So, you know, LastPass really had only had um, three versions for a really long time. It basically was, you know, free, premium and enterprise, um, which worked really well for us. You know, we grew fast um, and, and uh, you know, I think that at the time, those tiers really did fit the needs of our base. But you know, as our as we've um, grown the LastPass user base, as password management has become more popular as a solution for more types of users, um, you know, we have found that you know we needed more plans to meet those needs, and we found a particular need for families. Um, you know, people like yourself, Jim. You know, you're you kind of become the IT guy for the family. Um, and, you know, the reality is families are living their lives online these days. So there's just a lot more information to manage. Um, we wanted to make sure that um, whoever the, you know, the head of household is or, or the home IT person, um, that they have an ability to uh, manage security for their family through LastPass and really keep track of all the family's digital information. So I think adding that tier on the personal side really helped us better suit the needs of those people who were trying to use LastPass as a part of a family. Um, a lot of people were using premium to try to make that work. You know, we had the shared family folder, um, but we just kept hearing from our users that they needed something more, something a little more robust. So that's really where families comes in. Um, and obviously introducing it, you're right, you know, we, we did restructure our pricing when we introduced families. Um, but, you know, just to remind everyone, we actually made LastPass more free um, last year. So if you remember, we um, removed the paywall at the cross device sync. So it's free to use LastPass everywhere, any of your devices, um, you know, unlimited passwords when you get started with the free version. So the free service is still really robust and still works for millions of people. Um, and now we have more tiers that I think, you know, people can really find the one that fits best for them. Yeah. And I was a, I was a premium user for a while uh, that expired and I kind of let it expire to see what, and to go back to the free plan, just to kind of see what, what you were doing, what the restrictions were on that. And, and actually that has really worked uh, pretty well for me. I have, I've looked at the premium. Um, you've added some more, um, you've added some more encrypted file storage. So for that, I get a gig if I, I'm assuming if I want to store information uh, up there, what other kinds of new things besides getting some more file storage um, that's encrypted? What else was added to the premium to kind of justify that, you know, that additional cost? So if you bump up to premium from the free service, you'll also get emergency access. 
um, which was a feature we introduced over a year ago. And the idea there is that you have sort of a backup to give someone access to your vault in case of an emergency. Um, so you don't have to share your vault with them all the time, but if something were to happen, you could designate get into your vault in the event of an emergency. So if something were to happen to me, I could make sure that, you know, my partner um, or even a trusted family member or friend would be able to go in and, you know, get access to things, whether it's, you know, bank accounts or email or whatever it is that they might need to manage. Um, and, you know, the other thing you kind of get by bumping up to the premium tier is the um, sort of um, one to many sharing options. So with free, you can do one to one sharing. So one item with one person. Um, but if you're sharing a lot, either, you know, in a family setting or maybe with a, um, you know, a nanny or a virtual assistant or something, you might want to bump up to the paid tier so you can have the more robust sharing options. Yeah. I think those are the main selling points for most people. The, the two big ones, for sure. A lot of all the functions that were there before are, I'm a big web user for, for LastPass. That is 99% um, of my job is on a desktop. Um, I mean, I do, I use it quite a bit on my mobile device, but really it's way more handy for me on the desktop. I know you guys, we've talked about this. You've gone through some revisions on the desktop version, uh, the web version. Man, it is slick now. I am kind of addicted uh, when I don't get, if I'm setting up a new site, it was one of those kinds of things before maybe a year or two ago, you would set up a new site and I wasn't always sure the new site I got saved. And, and now there's a toast notification that comes in uh, from the right hand side, uh, at least on windows and says, Hey, would you like, uh, to save this? And I actually kind of wait now for that, that notification to hit after I put my username and password in, wait for that notification to fly in so that I can save it. So that has been a really handy um, feature. Anything else on the web? I know you guys were working on some things for uh, for that web version, and uh, it's clean and it looks great. But anything else on the website that you've added that uh, that, that users might be helpful uh, or f find helpful? Well, I think you you know you picked up on on some areas that we have been investing in heavily over the last year or so. So definitely improving the user experience, improving the interface. Um, I don't know if you remember, but when we announced some of the user interface changes um, a few months ago, we also emphasized the fact that we don't want you to think about having to store something as a password or store something as a secure note. We want you to just store the type of information you need to and then be able to save and fill it as you go. So, you know, saving and filling your addresses, saving and filling your credit cards, um, you know, rather than oh, a form fill is something you can fill, but a secure note is not something you can fill. Now it's just sort of store the information you need to store and then LastPass will intelligently pick up on where you might need to fill that information the next time. So um, I think overall, you know, it's, it's, um, it's very subtle changes in the experience, but I think overall um, our longtime users will find that, you know, like you're saying, it's a little bit more of a delightful experience and new users find it much more intuitive to just get started and, and see the value of a password manager, you know, earlier in the experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's that part has worked out um, pretty well for me. One of the one of the things I've noticed, Amber, though, like some of the banking sites have gotten pretty tricky uh, in all the different hoops they're mm. jumping through. And sometimes it's, I think, uh, with my Chase account, I want to say Bank of America, one of those. 
uh, Bank of the West, one of those where it's asking for a pin and it tries to last pass will try to fill in the password. It'll recognize it as a password, but the it's not getting the pin in there. And I think, I don't know if I'm saving those right, or I mean, I'm not saving those right. That would probably be the question. I may not be saving those right. Does it have the ability to recognize, and is it, and is it a challenge to recognize both username and password? And then in another section, recognize a pin. Is that a function? Is that something that's really hard to do? Should that be working for me? So it is something that we are we are constantly focusing on, you know, accuracy of the ability to read those pages and then fill the information. So yes, of course, as websites evolve, LastPass is going to have to evolve too and stay smart about, you know, what it's detecting on the page. Um, I think the other piece of it too, though, is um, sometimes you might just need to train LastPass you know, to, to, about what it should see on the page. Um, and to do that, we have this, uh, I call it a super user feature. Um, you know, I, I think most people wouldn't use it, but it's sort of a, a hidden, um, tool is the, we call it save all entered data. Um, and you can find it in the extension menu. Um, you know, if you're, if you're on a site and you really need to use it. Um, but, it lets you sort of capture all the fields on the page, like force LastPass to capture all the fields. So that way, you know, if there's sort of an obscure field that it doesn't seem to be detecting, that's a way for it to um, pick up on it. So um, there's a, you know, there's a, a article about it in our, um, you know, our user manual. Um, so definitely feel, you know, feel free to check it out. I'm happy to send you the link after the show, Jim. But, um, you know, I, I think, for the most part, we aim to have incredibly accurate, you know, saving and filling of information. But, you know, it's um, like you said, it's it's always changing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, should I let you know? Should I mean, so say I come across a site that isn't working right for me. It's not filling in the right information. I'm always I'll be honest with you. I'm always afraid sometimes when I get a situation like that where it's. You know, or it's two factor, and it's and it's it doesn't get it right. I'm always afraid because that toast notification comes in and says, "Hey, you know, like so." I'll take in the case of uh, one of the banking sites, mm-hmm. I will. It, it I can it, I can see it's tried to fill in my password because it's a long you know it's a long set of dots, and then um, and I know it's just a four digit pin. So I'm, I put the pin in, and this says, "Do you want to save that?" And I'm always afraid it's going to save the pin and the password slot and and you know do it that way so i'm always hesitant a pin is for me just replace it put the pin in and i'm ready to go and then i say no you know don't save it um if in those situations is there a way or do you guys like feedback from from users who say hey look can you guys take a look at you know fill in the name of the bank um is that is that helpful of course yeah i mean i think we want to know if i mean especially if LastPass was working somewhere before and suddenly isn't offering the same experience. I mean, that's really helpful for us because that kind of feedback makes sure that, you know, we're not only maintaining the, um, you know, the LastPass experience, but continuing to make it better. So yeah, of course, it's really important that users share that feedback with us. And, you know, most of the improvements that we've been making to LastPass, um, well, I mean, really since the beginning, but, um, you know, it, it comes from our users Our, you know, we are building LastPass for you. So, you know, all of that feedback is, is crucial. What's the, what's the best way to send in if someone was, you know, they had some, cause you know, our listeners are the, the, the they're the power users, right. And they've got mm-hmm. questions. 
what's the best way for them to get their questions in? Um, you know, our, our social customer care team is fantastic. So if you are on Twitter or even Google plus, or, you know, enter social media channel of choice, um, definitely always tag LastPass. That's an easy way to send things our way. Um, otherwise, you know, you can also just reach out to us. Um, if you go through the website, there's an option to open a support ticket with the team. And, um, that's a great way for us to track and, um, you know, uh, fix things as well. So premium uh, went from a dollar a month to two and 12, basically $12 or 24. So for most users, that's not a big, um, a lot of people will say, and I bet you got some pretty tough feedback uh, with a, you know, d basically doubling the price. Um, I'm sure that was fun to handle. I have to, by the way, I have to handle that where I work at Gallup as well. <laughs> and every time we do any kind of price change, it's really difficult. Um, but the family plan, so $4 a month, uh, $48, $48 a year. But you get six premium licenses for that, so I'm I'm kind of thinking that's the better deal. Have you seen Have you seen a lot of folks migrating off premium onto family because they know they can basically get those? You can kind of get those premium for less than a dollar if you've got six people to get on there. Have you seen that kind of traffic move? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, LastPass Families has been very popular with our premium users. You know, our our premium users tend to be the ones who um, you know are heavy users of LastPass. Um, you know, they have tried to get their family members using it as well. So families is, is a, na a natural transition for a lot of them. Um, but, you know, we've also seen um, a lot of, you know, people who weren't using LastPass before. It's, it's been a, a huge um, draw as well. So, you know, I, I think um, certainly if you were already paying for for two premium licenses you know i think the jump makes sense if you have more people in your family um but yeah i think uh we've had incredible incredible positive response about families and the value that that we're bringing there to our users now just jokingly i think your family plan discriminates against people who are families that have five children or more that's me <laughs> By the way, you guys oh, no. are discriminating because, <laughs> well, it, it would it would be. Uh, have you had any? Have you gotten any feedback? So for me, if it was me and my wife, and and then you know that's there's seven of us in the family. What have you been doing for folks who've been calling and saying, "I'm just one short"? Is there any any kind of uh, anything in place for that? You know, that's that's a really good question. Um, maybe you guys need to be your own team at that point. <laughs> Well, let's let's um let's talk about teams really quick as we're talking about pricing because you do have from five to fifty users. Although that the, that's not to my advantage from a pricing standpoint to go seven on teams. No, I really no and it might be a, little, a little too. It might be overkill for your needs. Um, but yeah. yeah, teams teams is on the business side. So you know, like I was saying earlier, we we have long had a business solution. You know, LastPass Enterprise has been around since 2010, so practically the beginning. Um, you know, we've we've been at this for a long time, but um, you know, where we, where we saw a bigger need was just, um, packaging things in a way that was, you know, um, approachable for small businesses. So, you know, a lot of small companies, um, just like any company, you know, they have hundreds of logins that they're managing across employees. Um, security is a concern to them too. And, you know, actually SMBs, um, are just as much, if not more, a target of um, cybersecurity threats as, you know, in the news, a lot of people see these like 
massive breaches and they see the really well-known names like um, HBO or um, Equifax. Yeah. Equifax. Equifax. Yeah. But um, the reality yeah. is that on a day-to-day basis, it's really the small businesses that are getting hammered. Um, and a lot of them don't have the internal resources or expertise to really build out um, you know, what you would think of as identity infrastructure. I mean, they're not going to, unless they hire it out, hire it out, which they often do outsource IT, but um, they just want sort of out of the box solutions that are going to work for them and make things easier for their team. So that's really where teams came in. You know, our existing enterprise solution is very powerful. It offers a lot of integrations um, for um, sort of more sizable IT teams at businesses. Teams really focuses on, okay, what do you need to just get people up and running with a password manager? Um, here's some basic controls you can put in place and some basic management features, but it kind of, um, it's um, scaled, you know, for a small business. So I'm assuming, uh, how does that work then with the storage? Because, you know, a lot of users like that encrypted storage. Am I getting one gig per user uh, on on that team? plan? You know, there's not really a a limit there on the storage for teams and enterprise. Um, At least we don't have a formal one. Um, And you're right, it it is a huge benefit. Um, We often see that they use that, you know, attachments feature to store anything from, um, you know, configuration details um, for things like, you know, Wi-Fi routers. Um, You know, I've heard of IT teams storing configuration details for every single server that they run in their, you know, database. I mean, yeah, there's tons of information that businesses need to keep track of, and particularly IT departments, but, you know, it could be across teams. Um, And LastPass is a great way to to do that because it it is safe, it's encrypted, um, and you know that you'll have it on any of the devices that you need it on. The the team pricing is two dollars and forty two cents a user. How does one come to two forty two? I've never seen that, that kind of pricing. Does somebody guess it, or maybe you don't know? No, trying to break. So it's twenty nine dollars a user a year, which does not break down very well to uh, a per month pricing. <laughs> but uh, that's that's about uh, how much. I, I should have done the math in advance just to kind of <laughs> see it would go to twenty twenty nine dollars, and then of course. Your enterprise, which is $4 a user, uh, what's the big difference between Teams and Enterprise? I'm assuming it's Active Directory integration and some of those things. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, great, um, great mention there. The, the, we actually offer several automated user provisioning integrations. So if you're using Active Directory or, um, you know, in the cloud, if you're using Okta, um, we also have a custom provisioning API. So yeah, it's it's um, a lot more convenient for getting your employees on board to LastPass and then obviously managing their user status based on whatever directory you have in your environment. Um, but it, it goes a lot further than that too. I mean, enterprise has 100 plus policies that you can control at a pretty granular level. Um, it also has um, very detailed reporting logs. So depending on your industry, if you have to um, meet certain compliance requirements or you're subject to auditing, um, that's where those logs and reports are key. Um, for enterprise, you know, there's also just um, much more robust sort of um 
notifications and employee insights as well. So if you wanted to be able to remind employees who maybe have subpar passwords and LastPass, like, hey, you need to take action. Um, The enterprise service has more of those notifications built in and really um, helps the admins create the, you know, the the password security policy that they need to enforce. Um, And really, I think also the benefit of enterprise is just that um, you, you also kind of get that next tier of service um, with the LastPass team as well. So, you know, I think for for some of the brands that we support, um, you know, having that sort of um, access to our team of experts who can really share best practices is um, is really beneficial as well. Yeah, I have been, um, I'll be honest, since, you know, we've been talking for years now, you and I, and every time we do this, I have to have a kind of a, have to go back and check my percentage, you know, and what have I done so far? And to be honest, um, I've gotten a lot better, mostly because it works a lot better than it used to at choosing that secure password from the very start. I used to have a, where I'd create a user account and then I'd put a pass, a standard password that I always use for everything because I knew it was going to ask me to verify it and I was going to have to log back in again. And so I just, it was just easier. And I've really gotten good at just choosing, you know, in the password fields, just generate it. And then I wait for that toast notification to pop in and, and save. And it has really helped me get that secure password from the get-go. Um, now I was just looking at my account. I still, I, in, you know, every time we do this, I audit my account. I still have 15 right now accounts that are sharing that, you know, mm-hmm. that password. So like I do every time I, after the show, I'll go out and look at those accounts. But even that with the security, you know, kind of the security audit that you send me through, the ability to kind of see what is, where are my mas- matching passwords. Um I, you guys have continued to support sites that automatically, when they change their password, it's kind of one-click mm-hmm. auto password change. That is still working, seems to be working a little bit better uh, for each site. I know that's also, with everybody changing their sites all the time, I know that's also so difficult. But Amber, I would say for me, just creating a secure password from the very beginning has been a big change in my behavior just to make sure that gets done. What what else are you seeing in the feedback that you're getting from your users and the user stories that you're having when in especially in the in the enterprise because I know a lot of enterprises are very suspect of anything around passwords, right? I mean, I have been told uh, even in my own setting, they don't really like me using LastPass as a as a standalone product, right? They would rather um, that not be stored in the cloud. But what kind of what kind of user success stories are you hearing like that where you're just where the adoption is really starting to catch on? Well, you know, we actually, you know, when I tell people this, they're always kind of surprised. We have over 33,000 businesses using LastPass. And, you know, we're talking businesses from some of today's leading tech brands all the way up to Fortune 100 companies. Um, so, you know, Many businesses are recognizing the value of this and investing in it. Um, you know, and I think when you see that, so I think, it, you know, it's the Verizon Data Breach Investigation Report. I, I'm not sure if you read that one, but um, the 2017 report came out saying that 81% of data breaches are due to poor credential management. 
So that may be from weak passwords or reused passwords or passwords that are somehow um, stolen or compromised. Um, that's incredible, 81%, especially when you think about the fact that passwords are one of the things that are fairly within the control of the company. You know, I think we have this um, narrative that we've sort of been telling ourselves over the last couple of years that, you know, cyber criminals are just so um, savvy and they use such advanced techniques that, oh, uh, you have to invest in all of this, um, you know, these sort of the latest solutions in order to, to guard against them, which of course you should, but being realistic, the weakest point is usually your average employee because every employee has dozens of passwords, whether or not IT knows about what those passwords are, because let's be honest, you know, shadow IT is a real thing. Employees bring their own apps into the workplace. They're going to do whatever um, is easiest for them to get their jobs done. Um, and each of those entry points become a possible way for an attacker to get into the corporate network as well, or, you know, gain access to corporate sensitive, sensitive corporate information. So anyway, that's a, a long way of saying that a lot of businesses are now realizing, hey, if we can equip employees to better follow best practices in a way that doesn't slow them down from the way they want to do their jobs. Like, Hey, let's do that. You know, and, and a lot of them are seeing LastPass as the, as the answer there. Um, or, you know, other, you know, password management in general is, is really starting to fill that gap. Um, because, you know, last, LastPass, it becomes like a net. It, it, it captures everything that's being used in the workplace. Um, it no longer, you no longer have to go through this official process of, you know, IT approving use of an app, IT deploying an app, IT managing who has access to an app. Suddenly it's, okay, go out and use what you're going to use. Um, but now IT knows what you're going to go out and use um, because it's all captured in the tool. Um, and IT knows how good the passwords are that you are using for those tools. And IT can now mandate, you know, 2FA of the password vault where all of those credentials are stored. So in general, you're just, you're, it's like a, it's a much better foundation for approaching security in, in the organization. Um, so I think we've, we've had tremendously positive feedback from industries, different sizes of business. You know, this is a problem that everyone is trying to solve. Um, and it, it might look different for a healthcare company versus a, a tech startup. But at the end of the day, you know, they, they are um, meeting those same needs with, with LastPass. I know uh, some enterprises are still suspicious of anything they don't control. Gavin in the chat room asked, uh, any options for on, on-prem on storage? Basically, I set up kind of LastPass uh, locally and be able to run it from there. Is that is that possible? So LastPass is, is built to be a cloud solution. And we see there being several advantages there. Um, you know, it's it's um, easier to maintain. It's much more convenient for the user. But really, we also believe that we have built a security model that is safe to operate LastPass in the cloud. So I think um, once you understand how that model works, it becomes a lot easier to trust LastPass. Um, you know, the analogy that I always use is 
um, think of your bank and, uh, you know, safety deposit box, which honestly, I'm not even sure how many people use safety deposit box anymore, but hopefully everyone listening understands that reference. <laughs> so, um, you know, with a safety deposit box, essentially, um, you know, you have a, a mini vault um, that you put a bunch of stuff in, you lock it and you leave it at the bank and you walk away with the key. Um, and so if you ever want to retrieve your stuff, you have to come back with that key and it's all, you know, it's protected in this massive bank. Um, you know, LastPass essentially follows the same model. The, the difference being like, we never have a copy of that key and we can't even make a copy of that key, even if we wanted to. So you truly are the only person who can come to our bank basically and take your safety deposit box out and then use that data when you're ready to. And as soon as you're done with it, it gets zipped back up, um, you know, behind lock and key, and it comes back to LastPass in a form that, um, you know, it's it's basically a mathematical representation of your data. It's not your data itself. Um, so the mathematical representation of your data, you know, it's it's an encrypted blob. We can't can't do anything with it. And in theory, someone who tried to break into LastPass wouldn't be able to do something with it either. Um, so, you know, and, and I think it, it does become a confusing message because we watch all of these hacks happening to all these other companies and people say, well, like, well, can't that happen to LastPass? Um, but again, it really comes back to that security model. The real, reality is most businesses out there are not encrypting data the way that we do. Um, so when something bad happens to them, that's why you see the things in the news. Um, we take a very different approach. And and uh, I think, like I said, once you understand that model, I think you can trust LastPass to protect your data. So LastPass and Android, fairly feature-rich because it allows me to fill in some of those apps that you guys have a little bit more control. Um, the iPhone has traditionally been very, very difficult for you guys to provide uh, the service that we get on Android. I I adapt around it just by getting going into the, you know, go, go into the account, authenticate to it, grab the password, move it over to the app. I can use the browser to go right to the site, right? That, that kind of works for me. Has there been any changes on the iPhone side to make that better or easier? Or is that still kind of the, as you guys look at the user experience on the iPhone, is it pretty much just going to be that way forever? Um, well, I'm certainly, I certainly don't want to predict the future of, of Apple. Um, I think that we've seen a trend towards both platforms um, making things better for password managers. Um, so I am very hopeful that the experience will continue to improve. Um, you know, I think that, yes, traditionally Apple was a little more challenging, but I, I think we're, we're seeing that change. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how much longer Android will have, um, so much of an advantage over Apple in that way, but you know we'll we'll see. Um, I, I think uh, the mobile technology is is uh, is in a very interesting place. You know, I think with Apple's Face ID and and just the the direction that they're taking. Um, you know, with with sort of the ideas behind ambient computing. Um, I, I think it, it's a very interesting time in technology in general. So I, I think it'll be interesting to. We'll obviously continue to think through how we can evolve the LastPass experience to. Um, keep pace with those changes in technology as well. 
Um, Two-factor has become really, really popular in the enterprise now. We're seeing that roll out. Uh, we're starting to roll that out at Gallup for everybody on certain mm. apps, and I think it will be, it's here to stay. Um, you know, uh, have there been any changes to the two-factor uh, features? I, there, there's always been several ways to do it with LastPass. Any changes in that area, or if it's not working, you know, don't fix it? Uh, where are you guys at with two-factor? Um, so if you remember, you know, we have LastPass Authenticator, which is our own, um, you know, in-house two-factor authentication solution, very similar to Google Authenticator, but it has those, um, you know, push notifications that allow you to do sort of the one-tap verification from your phone, which is super convenient. It's a, it's an extremely friendly user experience. Um, so actually we updated our app, um, earlier the, in the first half of this year with, uh, backup. So the great thing about having cloud backup with your 2FA is that if you were to lose your device or even if you, you know, decided to purchase a new phone, um, you can basically restore LastPass Authenticator on that new device. So I don't know if you've ever had the experience of having to reset multi-factor after like your phone has died or something, but it is a painful process. Um, I myself went through it when I upgraded to this uh, Moto. So, um, you know, thankfully, now that we've got that backup feature, I can just back up all those codes um, and I don't have to worry about it. It's a it's a smooth transition. So if you've been thinking about jumping into a two factor, I definitely recommend giving the app a try um, and checking out those new features that we've added. Yeah, it's added. I use it. I use it all the time. Uh, and it it really works from a anytime I've gone to a new spot and I travel a lot. So I'm always coming in on a new browser or I always, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I might be on a device that I don't want to install LastPass on. So I'll go to the browser to grab um, what I need. And of course it makes me authenticate at that point. So I gra grab my phone, <laughs> go over to it, log in, swipe, hit the authenticator and hit, um, hit in. Now, Yes, inconvenient in some ways, but really is doing its job from checking and making sure, hey, look, I haven't seen you from this, you know, from this browser before, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to authenticate again. Um, I've also used the the numbers, you know, where you can go in there and get the six, the six code, six yeah. digit code uh, to get that done. Um, and it works, it works really, really well. It does its job. And, uh, I am, I'm now in an environment where I have, uh, actually a folder for, I have the LastPass authenticator and then I'm using Google authenticator for some of those. And now, uh, where I work, we just went to the Microsoft authenticator. And, uh, mm -hmm. so I've got to kind of, you know, authenticators have been, uh, one of those things you're like, okay, I got to kind of figure out, I think I'm going to be stuck or I'm going to have to use all three. That's Okay. Mm -hmm. I have the push notifications turned on for you guys so that I don't have to necessarily go right to the app. I can just go to my notifications. It's there. Hit it. It'll say, you know, hey, are you doing something? And I say, okay, and boom, I'm in. So I think you guys have gotten that experience right. So I'll encourage users, hey, if you're not using two-factor for LastPass, first of all, you're crazy. You absolutely should uh, be getting that done. And um, and give that a try. I, I think it's uh, it has worked out really, really well. I think, you know, I think back to the days when we were doing pictures of things and even at UbiKey and some of those, right? Some of those things. Today, I don't know if we really need, I, there are times that we need some more security or whatever. I don't know. But I think for 99% of us, um, I'm interested. I saw the backup 
show up and I didn't really do anything with it. I'm assuming it would be smart for me to do some investigation on that backup. And that's I, that's backing it up to your cloud, right? So that when I get a new device, I could do one authentication. And it's going to pull all that back down for me. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Um, what about, uh, let's, let's, let's think about the future a little bit. When we think about a couple um, things I've been thinking a lot about, one is the use of the blockchain. And, you know, that's gotten a lot of popularity with Bitcoin, but then there's been a lot of organizations that are thinking about using the blockchain for various ledger-like activities. Any talk at LastPass about, uh, you know, are, are, will, could there be, I would think, storing the, some of this information on a blockchain might be really handy. Have you guys had a look at that? Any thoughts of how the blockchain might change the way you guys do things there at LastPass? You know, that's a really interesting question. Um, I don't have anything to share at this time, but yeah, I, I think that that will be very interesting. Nice. I like I like the way you worded that. So somebody's thinking about something there. That's kind of cool. And then um, what about we're creating a new, um, you know, with all these voice activated devices, the ALEXA device that's out there, the Cortana, the, you know, the various Google, the Google Home, some of those kinds of devices, Siri, you know, it's great they all work, but they don't, our voices aren't necessarily very secure. Have you guys, are you guys looking at, uh, and I mean, they're very secure on a voice print, but so far there isn't all the security I've seen around those things require you to go back to the app. Has there been you guys thinking at all about uh, this this new era of voice and and maybe how that security could work in a world where it's only our voices? Um, you know, yeah, another very interesting question. Um, you know, I think that goes back to my comment earlier about you know, like I was saying, the the rise in ambient computing and and just what are the implications for that and how you interact with technology and how you expect it to interact with you. Um, you know, I, I think. I think we'll see what the future holds, but I know at LastPass, we are always thinking about how technology is changing and trying to stay on top of those trends in a way that obviously makes sense for the LastPass experience. So, um, you know, because at the end of the day, LastPass is all about giving you access to sensitive information and making sure that you, um, can I mean because you know if you think about it passwords give you access to things right essentially passwords are just a secure way for you to say I am who I say I am and you should be giving me access to this thing that I need um so LastPass essentially is just a another gateway for you into um into your online information so I think as that experience evolves in other areas of technology LastPass of course will have to evolve as well um to provide that great experience yeah, I know Captain Kirk always authenticated the self-destruct on the Enterprise with his voice. You know, he would he would have a set of commands and a password, which was never very secure. And I never understood that. But that being said, um, and he said it out loud. But I'm I'm kind of wondering, you know, <clears throat> we've got it someday. We'll have to think through, like, how can I authenticate? How can my voice, the print of my voice, the way I say things, how could that authenticate me in? And, and could that replace... You know, we've got some biometric-like features with thumbprints or this new retina scan that we see um, kind of coming from the iPhone. Um, but we we tend to be missing, I think, the easiest or maybe the most secure 
which is a voice print, right? That we all have a unique voice in what we do. And it would be really hard. <clears throat> I've seen examples of a thumbprint <laughs> where they, well, we just know that, that um, the, the, the Texas shooter, they got his iPhone open with his hand and he wasn't alive when they did it, right? And so there's, there's that. And in this retina scan hasn't worked very well. Just kind of thinking through like, hmm, maybe some opportunities for some voice security um, uh, for you guys as well. Gavin was um, out in the chat room asking, does in the, but going back to the enterprise conversation, when we think about system accounts or app accounts or those accounts that developers use to store and secure those, you know, those passwords that we have to use at the app level, the users never see them. Oftentimes they're shared. Oftentimes, you know, they're, they're in an enterprise environment. Are you guys handling those, those kind of app uh, passwords, so to speak, behind the scenes for the enterprise folks? Yeah, I mean, if, an, you know, if, if a team needs to manage it and they need to share it, you know, we've found that they will put it in LastPass. Um, you know, I think it's, it's much more secure, obviously, than most other places you're going to store that information. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think like I was saying earlier, IT teams really end up storing a wide, a diverse range of information in LastPass, you know, whether it's in sort of our notes or as attachments, whatever it is, um, you know, because LastPass at the business level also facilitates that secure team sharing. So um, when you have privileged accounts, it's really important that people have access to them and that, you know, those people's access is as secure as possible. Um, so yeah, that's a huge use case for LastPass as well. Amber, when you guys are thinking about the future for your future, things that you're comfortable talking about, of course, I don't, I don't want you to have to, I don't want to force anything out of you. Although I'd love a scoop. That would be kind of cool. But um, as you guys are thinking about the future, what are, over the next six months, kind of since we have you guys on every six months, what do you kind of get excited about or, or what are you guys thinking about or, you know, what are you excited to announce to your users that you're ready <laughs> to announce to what's exciting coming up here in the future for you guys? Um. Well, I think if you caught the news today, you know, we had a really big update to LastPass Enterprise today. So I think um, we were really excited to get those changes out to our users. There were, you know, some added controls and automation for the admins who are um, deploying LastPass. And there's also just some improvements to the end user experience as well. So I think, um, you know, that update really sets the stage for really trying to make that um, the the whole experience of LastPass better for everyone, you know, better for IT, better for employees, because when it's easy for everyone, you know, a company is going to succeed in actually achieving their security goals. So, um, you know, more to come there, really exciting, I think, for for the businesses that are investing in LastPass. And, you know, on the personal side, um, you know, we've, we've been rolling out those UI changes. Um, I, I think, um you know, we'll, we're going to continue to, to roll them out and we've, you know, been getting great feedback from users so far. So, you know, I think keep an eye out for those ongoing, you know, changes. And like we were saying earlier, some of them are so subtle, but it really can make all the difference in your, in your last pass experience. Um, I know a small change that I'm, and it's so small, but something I'm really excited about is um, <laughs> there's now a uh, password generator history. So if for some reason LastPass 
uh, you created multiple passwords in a row, but let's say LastPass didn't prompt you to actually save one of those generated passwords, you can always go into the password generator, you know, find the last one that you generated and, you know, copy it out again and use it. Um, it's it's small things like that, that it just makes you feel like, okay, I can trust LastPass to be there when I need it and to give me the information I need. So. Yeah. And I've done um, that. I've done that before, by the way, where I generated it, it didn't save it. And then I'm, you go back and you're like, where is that thing? It's such a, and you know, you can get it back and you can reset the password and some of the things that, that you've got there, but it is, uh, that's a great feature that I'm glad you guys added because I can't tell you how many times, especially when I'm doing these audits and I'm kind of doing a rapid succession and you, for whatever reason you miss one or whatever, because I just go through, I have, I generate the security report. I, look at them, I click on them, I go to them, I go in, if you know, and, and not in most of the cases, they're not on your on your one step, you know, change form because they're odd. I've kind of gotten into the altcoin, Bitcoin, cyber or, or cryptocurrency. Thing. And there's now I have a whole new set of sites that I go to, right? It's 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 created a new world for me in a lot of ways. And so, um, of course, you guys probably wouldn't have some of those. They're pretty brand new. But um, it's so great. So the history is there as well. Anything else? Um, you know, I, I think just going back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, really thinking about how people interact with their technology and how can LastPass continue to simplify access to that technology. You know, LastPass is, like I said, you know, we're, we're in the business of, of giving you effortless access to the things you need to do. Um, so, you know, I think, um, it's, you know, like I was saying, it's just, it's an exciting time for technology. And, you know, I think the next six months to a year will be really exciting for LastPass. So I hope you guys stay tuned and uh, maybe I can come back on again in six months so we can talk about the the next latest and greatest stuff. Yeah, no, it's always good to, good, good to catch up with you. I have noticed a, a, a kind of a, a quickened pace, a quickened cadence uh, with you guys since the log me in acquisition it seems that seems to be like a good acquisition for you they've given you guys some support and that it's always nice to have a little deeper pockets uh mm -hmm. to be able to pull from and uh and to be able to get those so, so that seems like that is going well of course i want to thank you guys at last pass for the continued sponsorship uh, that you do here at home gadget geeks um if you haven't for folks if they haven't downloaded if you go if you download the app uh last pass is right on there and um and we, of course, we always appreciate your sponsorship of that, uh, and it makes it to stick around for another year. Um, and so we appreciate that as well, Amber. So thanks for doing that. One quick question for you personally from a gadget. This is a gadget show, so we got to talk a little bit about gadget. You mentioned you're on the Moto Five Five uh, G. You got a favorite gadget that you're that you're really liking? Uh, a watch, a fitness band, uh, maybe mm -hmm. something for the for the you know something for the child, something along those lines. You have a favorite gadget, uh, something you found that you just like, man, this is really cool. You know, I got a Chromebook this year and I love it. Really? Uh, Chromebook. Yeah. All right. It was a, a newer model. I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not good with mod, like what the name of the model was, but um, one of our developers actually got a, a really great deal on a Chromebook um, through, you know, um, through some contacts at, at Google. So he uh, he gave me the code and I was like, sure, you know, I I mean, I was always kind of curious about Chromebooks, but yeah. um, oh, I love it. It's, you know, paper thin and incredibly light and does everything I need it to do and I take it everywhere. So yeah, I love it. Really? All right. And then, of course, LastPass works great in, in the Chrome browser. It that. does. 
works on the Chromebook. <laughs> Good. Well, I have, you know, I have not, um, that's one thing. Now there's all, that's not just one thing, but, um, that is the Chrome, the Chromebook. I've, I've just never, I can't, I can't, uh, I, I can't seem to get myself to purchase that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe if there was a deal, it doesn't fit real well in, into my world, into my windows dominated world. It doesn't fit really well. It'd work great. I'm sure it'd be fine as a, when you're on the road connected to a hotspot. It, is it only Wi-Fi or do you have LTE on it as well? Uh, I just do Wi-Fi. So you're dependent, just like everybody else, you're dependent on a Wi-Fi hotspot to be able to make it to, to kind of work out. I'm assuming mostly for email and web browsing purposes, or are you doing anything more beyond that? Are there apps there that support that? Or for you, your job's a lot of email, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, email, Netflix, um, the important things in life. <laughs> uh so no, I, I I've enjoyed it. it. I agree with you. It's not something I probably would have purchased out of need, um, but because I had the opportunity to 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 um, get one with a, a nice discount, it was it was very very cool. Good, good. Well, you'll have to. It will uh, next time we have you back on in the spring, uh, we'll have you report in see if you're still using your Chromebook. And uh, I, we, we've had lots of shows on Chromebook. We have uh, Nathaniel and Lee who comes on from time to time and. They're using it in their district, and a lot of school districts are using Chromebooks to to make it work. I always say, uh, whatever works. Like, if it works, use it. I, I think we've kind of gotten beyond this, you know, this, uh, the, uh, the uh, you know, the Apple, Microsoft wars or Java.net wars that existed. Um, I, I think we're down to a little bit more of uh, kind of whatever works. And so it's a great opportunity for folks to to give it a try. Amber, thank you for, for hanging on here. Let me, uh, let me do, let me wrap a few things up. Anything else that you want to share? Are we, are we good? Did we get everything? Did, did I, did I do a fair job of getting all those things that uh, changed in there? Anything else that I missed? No, I mean, you, you always have the good questions. So I, I feel like we, we covered a lot of what's happened, you know, over the last year or so. And, um, you know, as always, if you guys have any questions, you know, um, Jim knows how to get in touch with me so he can forward along anything. Um, Otherwise, you know, give LastPass a shout on social media. We're always happy to help as well. So I hope you guys check it out. And if you're already using it, you know, thanks and hope you continue to enjoy it. Yeah, we had some questions that came in. Some of them were a little specific. And so I will probably just forward those. Amber, I will uh, include you in an email and we'll wrap those around so you can you can get those. But if you send them to Jim at the average guy TV, uh, I'll, I'll uh, wrap Amber in and we can get you the right answer. If they're a little more technical, sometimes I'm not I'm not comfortable asking the question because I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest <laughs> with you. So if you send those in, we'll wrap Amber in and get it done as well. Okay, Amber, hang tight for one second. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv platform supported and, and run basically by Maple Grove Partners. So get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Head over to Maple Grove Partners. Christian's got plans there that start as, as inexpensive as $10 a month. Great deal to get in. Really good for podcasters if you're doing that because it's both web and media hosting. MapleGrovePartners.com gets it done. We uh, have that Patreon link available for you if you want to financially support what we're doing here at Home Gadget Geeks. And I always appreciate it when you do it. Uh, you know, we've got a bunch of, uh, of guys and gals that are out there uh, helping support the show. One to five dollars gets you in. And there will be just a hint as we do the meetup this fall, this next fall here in Omaha. Patreon is going to be a part of uh, how you guys help me get it done. So if you haven't started doing that yet, maybe it's time to jump in the average guy.tv slash support 
or check on the Patreon link when you get out to the site. Don't forget that T-shirt link is right above it. So if you're interested in getting the home gadget first ever, and guys, we're going to, once we do the shirt, once we do a shirt run for a while, we take it down. It's not coming back. You'll lose the very first. This could be the very first shirt. This could be a collector's item. Probably not, but it could be a collector's item someday. So get it, head out there, theaverageguy.tv slash support. And I want to thank Addie for her work and helping me uh, get that done. She's basically running the store for me. I, Amber, I, I wanted to sell t-shirts, but I hated the idea of being a t-shirt guy. Like I, like the last thing I want to do on this planet is do t-shirts. So when I ran into Addie at uh, Podcast Movement, by the way, you guys should really be out at Podcast Movement. But that being said, when I ran into her Podcast Movement, um, uh, she's like, well, I'm doing a t-shirt shop and it's super easy. And I'm like, good, you can run it for me. So Addie, it was so nice. Like like you guys keep track of passwords. She keeps track of my t-shirts. So that's super good, Addie. Thanks for getting that done. Uh, and and um, yeah, so... Gavin just said, uh, sorry, I apologize to all our Canadian listeners. We thought we had this tied up in Canada. And Gavin just said, he tried to order a shirt. It was, uh, he got all his hopes up until he got to the checkout when I said it doesn't ship to Canada. Oh, uh, no. Canada. Canada. Uh, why does it have to be so hard to get things? It's always, the, the, our Canadian listeners always complain. It's The prices are always more expensive in Canada. We get stuff way cheaper than they do up there, and we can't get them Home Gadget Geeks t-shirts. Oh, sorry, Canada. Uh, it doesn't go everywhere, and hopefully Amazon will support that uh, here uh, quickly to be able to get that done. Uh, Mark Robson, who also lives in Canada, said, hey, they make up one-third of the live show tonight. And that's true. We have a few Canadian listeners out there. So sorry about that, Canada. On behalf of the United States, I apologize that we can't get t-shirts to you. So um, we'll, we'll hopefully Amazon will get that changed. Don't forget Home Gadget Geeks app. I've said it a bunch of times here tonight, but of course, uh, LastPass sponsors that and you get that homegadgetgeeks.com. And uh, that site's coming up on its third year. And so we appreciate their sponsorship of the app. And it's always great. Head out. If you want to see everything we talked about, the show notes will be easy. It's going to say lastpass.com. Everything uh, we talked about tonight, if you're interested in getting a breakdown on their pricing, just go to lastpass.com slash pricing. Super easy. There's, there's a great FAQ out there. If you're not doing premium, it's easy to go premium today. Can I, um, and I can buy annually, Amber, or do it monthly. Is it both? Just the annual right now. Uh, super easy. So it's either $24.48 uh, for what you're doing. And uh, easy way to get it done. Head out to lastpass.com if you want to get all that information. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv. If you're a Patreon supporter, there won't be any pre or post show because Amber's a mom. And I'm going to pretty much let her go right after we're done here. But typically, any in the pre and the post show is available afterwards. We'll be back not next Thursday because Amber and I, we are going to be hammering some turkey for Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, Amber, do you guys, uh, you guys go away? Do you stay around? You cook your own turkey? You have your own traditions? What do you do for Thanksgiving here in the United States? Yeah. Well, you know, it's all about the family time, right? So we uh, get together with, uh, you know, Virginia-based family and it's it's a good time. Yeah. Well, we always do a bacon-wrapped turkey on the grill. This will go from four hours to eight this year, a little less heat, a little more smoke, uh, we've got quite a few grillers and barbecuers in our actually in our chat room right now, and uh, and so we're going to kind of up the uh, up the ante on the bird here at the Collison House, and uh, we're pretty we're going to burn the bird, and uh, we're pretty excited about getting that done. So, 
if you're having a, if you're in the United States and you're celebrating Thanksgiving in a couple weeks, happy Thanksgiving in a couple weeks next week. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We'll be back uh, right after that uh, with more great shows when we'll be live. We're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, AverageGuy.tv forward slash live. With that, we'll say goodnight.